and we'll welcome everybody back. Thoughts from the Shade, episode 11. Uh, another week of picks. A Fade the Shade episode here for college football week five. NFL week four. Um, season's, season's flying by, and we're into the thick of it now. Uh, Bob, any thoughts on that or, or anything you want to get out there before before we get into the games of the weekend? Nothing for me, no. Just uh, you know, a few weeks in, about a month in, you should have a feel for the teams. You should know what you're doing. You should have a gut pick for every single pick we're putting up this week. So uh, I'm excited to, to bring more winners. Yeah, I always have, seem to have a gut pick, and that hasn't put more cash in my pocket so far this year, but we'll keep firing. As for you, uh, not much of a feeling out process. You've, you've gotten right to work on these picks. Uh, specifically in college, we're looking at 13 of five on the year so far for you. Two and two in week four. Uh, as for me, I started out one and nine, but we're up to seven and eleven after two, three and one weeks in week three, and then week four. Um, huge board in college football on Saturday. Really looking forward to it. Uh, we'll start at 12 o'clock. Uh, big showdown in the SEC. The Arkansas Razorbacks, uh, eighth-ranked team in the country, go to Athens. To take on the second-ranked Georgia Bulldogs. And Arkansas is off a big win against Texas A&M. Uh, Georgia had the big win week one against Clemson. We know what they are now. And then a couple of blowouts, but they, they look really strong. Uh, they're an 18.5-point favorite. Over-unders 48. Bomb, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Arkansas is still a little bit of an unknown. Obviously, they knocked off my, uh, you know, preseason Final Four team in Texas A&M, who was playing with, uh, looked like their hands behind their back with a backup quarterback. But, um, you know, all that said, I don't know that we know enough about each of these teams to be laying 18 and a half points. So I'm taking the Razorbacks. I agree. That's a that's a huge line. And you know, doing doing some research and, and looking for, for intel on this game. Uh, a lot of people are, are saying Vegas knows something, uh, given that this line is so big. Um, but again, kind of like the, the Rutgers-Michigan game last week, I look at the total, it's only 48. So how is Georgia going to beat this Arkansas team that's putting up like 35 points a game by 18 and have the total points in the game be around 48? So... Yeah, still, still a little bit of unknowns with, with both of these teams, but I like how Arkansas has played so far, and I think Georgia hasn't really been been tested all that much. So I think I think the line's a little big here. I'm going to go Arkansas as well. Yeah, and, and just to recap, Georgia's schedule to date, they had the opening week win, neutral site game against Clemson, who was, who was totally fraudulent. They stink. They won that game 10-3. They beat UAB 56-7. They beat South Carolina 40-13. And then they went to Nashville and beat the brakes off of Vanderbilt 62 to nothing. I just can't imagine that we know enough about Georgia to say that they should be laying 18.5 against, uh, against Arkansas here. So uh, I agree with you. Yeah, and clearly they have, they have an elite defense. Uh, that's That's been made known uh, across the board, but... Arkansas has got a good offense. I think they have they have a solid enough defense that can that can keep them in the game, and we'll test that Georgia offense um, because I'm not sold there. So that's why I'm on I'm on Arkansas. Uh, we'll see what happens at 12 o'clock on Saturday, uh, and then 
little bit later in the day, we got a 2.30 game. Of course, only Notre Dame gets gets 2.30 games. Like, they get their own little time slot there. Um, but they're taking on Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati's ranked 7th. They're sitting at 3-0 and coming in. Um, South Bend off a of bye week. Notre Dame is the ninth-ranked team in the country, sitting at 4-0. and Off the win against uh, Wisconsin last week. Uh, at the moment, Cincinnati is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, the total sits at 50-and-a-half. Bob, I know you love Cincinnati. I know you've got them in your final four, and I would love to see them win this game. So we'll go to, we'll start with you uh, on this pick. Well, you know who I'm rolling with. You have to stick to your guns here. And, uh, you know, anytime you get a team like Cincinnati, a team out of the group of five going and playing a marquee blue blood team like Notre Dame, you have to worry about pedigree. Are these guys afraid? Are these guys going to be out of their elements, so to speak, playing in a big environment? And uh, to that end, Desmond Ritter was asked a question about noise at Notre Dame and uh, preparing for it and warnings associated with the noise. And uh, he came out and said, well, it shouldn't be loud for too long. I love that. I love the killer instinct in this kid. I love the Bearcats. I'd love to see them just beat the shit out of Notre Dame and prove to everyone that Brian Kelly isn't even the best coach in the history of Cincinnati. However, he is the best coach in the history of Notre Dame based on wins. So look for Fickle and the boys to get it done on the road, South Bend, and catapult the Cats into the conversation for the CFP. Yeah, win for the Cats on Saturday certainly would would catapult them uh, into that conversation. I know we've we've talked about their schedule a little bit on uh, our Contender or Pretender segment a few weeks back. But, yeah, I'm with you. I, I love that, that Ritter quote. And I'm on Cincinnati as well. You look at Notre Dame, uh, who have they played? They haven't really played anyone. Obviously, they're off a blowout against Wisconsin last week. But Wisconsin was in that game for till you know, the fourth quarter. And they had a chance. Um, could have gone either way. And Notre Dame's also dealing with the, the quarterback issues. Uh, starter Jack Cohn is hurt. Uh, the backup is dinged up. And the third stringer that saw some time last week uh, that, that played well, he's in the mix as well. I believe Brian Kelly said that, that they're preparing all three guys to play in this game. That, that just doesn't sit well with me. And they're off the big win uh, in Chicago against Wisconsin, got a ranked win, and it was a big milestone for Kelly. Uh, I, I, I don't want to say it's a bit of a letdown spot. I just don't think Notre Dame's that good. And Cincinnati is off the bye. Uh, I think this is like their Super Bowl, and they, they know the opportunity at hand here um, with, with a marquee matchup and the opportunity to put that win on their schedule and on their resume. So I'm going to roll with Fickle and, and Ritter uh, and the Bearcats as well. So we're on the same page so far, Bomb. We'll see how it works out for us. Uh, we'll go to a game at 3.30 in the Big Ten, Ohio State, uh, another team with Questions at the quarterback position, uh, currently 3-1, and one, ranked 11th in the country, are going to New Jersey to take on the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, who are also 3-1, and one, uh, off the loss at the big house to Michigan, but put in an, an admirable effort there. Uh, Ohio State's a 15-point favorite, total sitting at 58-and-a-half. Uh, I can go first here. I like Rutgers. I don't know. I, I saw 
uh, last week, the way they competed in the second half and made that a game and, and had a chance to win that game. Um, you know, you go to the big house on the road, tough environment. You're getting pushed around in the first half, big deficit at halftime. And, and they, they could have folded and got blown out, which is, you know, what what we uh, know and love Rockers for. But that's not the team that they are this year, it looks like. And Ohio State's got a lot of questions. Uh, defense is not very good. Uh, they, it sounds like Stroud is going to play on Saturday. He's on track to play at quarterback C.J. Stroud. And haven't been impressed with him whatsoever. Um, so for Ohio State to be laying more than two touchdowns on the road uh, with the team that they have and who, they, who they've shown to be so far this year, I just I can't be on that side with them. So I'm going to take uh, the Scarlet Knights in the 15. You know I love Rutgers, but it's not a night game. It's a 3.30. I love the pitch black Piscataway blackout. Jeremy Ito pointing up at the camera as he kicks the ball, you know, to knock off Louisville back in the day. Love that scene, but this is an afternoon game. And the line's a little odd, right? Rutgers goes on the road and gets 20 and a half against Michigan, who's an inferior team. And then um, Ohio State now goes to Rutgers and only only is lying 15. I like the Buckeyes. Um, you know, Rutgers showed me a lot last week. Anyone who watched that game uh, thought it was kind of getting away from them early, but in the second half, they forced, I think it was fourth, four straight three and outs. Michigan came into that game averaging about 300, 350 yards on the ground. They finished with 112, but we all know Ohio State's going to throw it around, and the question is, can Rutgers' defensive backs hold up against the elite wide receivers of Ohio State? I don't think they can over 60 minutes. I'm taking the Buckeyes and laying the 15. Yeah, that's a good point you bring up because Michigan certainly didn't challenge that Rutgers pass defense at all uh, through the air. So that, 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 I'll, I'll give you some some props there. I, I didn't really consider that, but I just I haven't seen it from Ohio State. There, there's too much drama, uh, too much turbulence in, in Columbus right now. So I'm, I'm going to stick stick with the Scarlet Knights and hopefully we'll see a close game. Now three thirty. Yeah, it would, wouldn't shock me if the, if, it's, if the game's within that number or Rutgers covers. They're a tough team. Uh, I think they're well coached. I think this is just a matter of you know perhaps their strengths not lining up well against Ohio State's strengths. Sure, and obviously Ohio State has uh, superior talent as well. Um, but hungry dogs run run faster, as they say. So we'll see what happens. We'll go. Isn't another- college football better when Rutgers is in, in the conversation, Jake? I mean, you keep telling me to to put them on the slate of picks for the week, so I guess it is for you. <laughs> As I was saying, we'll we'll try to finally get to this other three thirty game here. Uh, big one in that in the SEC. Two huge SEC games this week. Uh, the second one being uh, the the Rebels of Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss team, twelfth ranked team in the country, three and zero. Go to Tuscaloosa to take on the top ranked Alabama Crimson Tide who are sitting at 4-0. Uh, they're a 14.5-point favorite at the moment. Total 79. That is a huge total. Should be an exciting game. A lot of points. Uh, two big offenses. Don't know much about these defenses, and it's certainly not a traditional Nick Saban Alabama defense so far. So we could be in for, for fireworks and an absolute shootout. Uh, Bob, what do you got here? Can you say the number again? What's what's the line here for this game? 
Bama is favored by 14 and a half. Oh my God. I mean, you gotta you gotta run with the Reds. You gotta take Ole Miss, fins up, hotty toddy. Let's go, Lane Kiffin. He's been tweeting all week about the rat poison from Saban. Um, all I can say is the last time a Heisman-like quarterback wearing number two for a school that also has red went to Tuscaloosa, they came out an outright winner. I'm taking Ole Miss outright. Wow. I can't go there. I can't go there. I haven't seen enough enough to know. But I am going to ride Ole Miss and the 14.5 points. This Bama defense uh, hasn't really shown out so far this year. Uh, I, I'm not overly high on the Florida Gators offense and, and what they do there. I think this Ole Miss offense is better. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Ole Miss to, to hang around in this game. And as I'm saying this and, and listening to you, maybe they do win this game because, you know, Bama can't go undefeated every year. I mean, they, they usually – sprinkle in a loss and then find their way back into the, the playoff and the SEC championship or whatever. So I feel good about, about this old Miss pick. I'm just excited to see this game uh, with the total being set that high because that means there's going to be a lot of offense. I agree. Should be a fun game. And we'll round it out with, uh, with my favorite team, uh, the Penn State Nittany Lions. They play at 730 ABC. Another night game in Happy Valley. It's not a whiteout this week. It's a stripe out. Uh, should be another great atmosphere up there at Beaver Stadium uh, to welcome the Indiana Hoosiers, who are two and two. A lot of people were high on them after after the season they had last year, but they're kind of getting off the tracks a little bit. Uh, not looking very promising. Uh, Penn State's fourth in the country, sitting at four and zero off off the win against Villanova last week. Uh, Penn State is a 12-and-a-half-point favorite at the moment. Total sits at 53-and-a-half. Bob, I'll go to you first. Yeah, I told you early in the season that uh, Penix wasn't the same guy with the injury. To date, he's thrown for four touchdowns and six interceptions. Indiana has not looked strong. They haven't looked strong even against the spread, one and three against the spread, whereas the Nets are uh, obviously undefeated, four and oh, three and one against the spread. And you had it at what, 12 and a half, you said? 12 and a half. 12 and a half. It's a stripe out. And unfortunately for Penn State, Indiana will be wearing the striped Hoosier pants out of the stadium. Not winning the game, but covering. Take the 12 and a half. Take the Hoosiers. I think they get get it at least turned around respectably this week and hang close. Very interesting. So is that confirmed? They're doing the stripe pants off the bus to the stadium? Well, I, I just assume Penn State's doing the stripe out and Indiana's doing the stripe pants. I mean, that's the, th- that's the thing in basketball. Yeah. Well, well, that would be a cocky move for, for the season that Indiana's had so far. Excuse me. I, I, I give Penn State their, their lumps. And, you know, I always I'm, – I'm a glass half empty guy when it comes to rooting for my teams and – and I don't know that, that they'll come out of the season unscathed or make it to the Big Ten Championship or the playoff or whatever, um, but, but i got to pick them this week. It's a huge spot. After the, game, the first game of the season last year where, where Penix reached out at the goal line to, to beat, beat Penn State uh, in Bloomington, I think 
Although James Franklin is uh, notorious for his 1-0 tweets and 1-0 mentality, I think this is a game that, that the players and coaches alike have had marked on the schedule since it came out. And I think it's, it's a huge revenge spot for Penn State. Um, Indiana looks, looks really weak. So I think you know, Penn State sees blood in the water here uh, and lays it on them pretty good. And also, Penn State's defense has been really, really good so far this year. Um, they're going to have the crowd behind them again this week. Uh, going to be really tough for Penix and, and Indiana to, to really get much going. Um, and, and I don't see Penn State having too many issues on offense despite their struggles to run the ball so far this year. I think Sean Clifford's playing his best football. they got a lot of good weapons around him. I think Penn State lays a pretty good beat down on the Hoosiers on Saturday night. I can't believe you're already back to drinking the Kool-Aid. Lays a pretty good beat down on the Hoosiers Saturday night. They stink. They lost last year on the road, and they, they, they went home. They tucked their little tails between their legs and went home and complained that a 120 frame per second camera didn't appropriately capture the fact that Penix was like a hair follicle short of the freaking pylon in real time. Cut me a break. This team stinks. Penn State is fraudulent. I'm changing my pick. I'm taking Indiana outright. <laughs> Get the hell out of here, man. You know Indiana stinks. I know Indiana stinks. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid, man. It's just... All right, I got I caught mean, up in the moment. I am taking the points. I'm not going to take them out right now. All right, you're taking the points. You're taking the points. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid, but they're a much better team than they were last year. I mean, yeah, they lost to Indiana last year. They, they lost to a lot of bad teams that, that they normally don't lose to last year. It was just... It was a bad year, and, and so far this year, they've... They've turned it around and righted the ship, and they they could have lost to Wisconsin. They could have lost to Auburn, and they've, they've pulled those out, and I don't think Indiana is as strong as either of those teams. So I think Penn State will get it done, covers the 12-and-a-half. Another thing I just wanted to point out, now the game's not on the board, um, but we've talked a lot about Michigan and Wisconsin on this podcast so far in this season, and I was – looking through the games, getting the lines together for, for this episode. And Michigan is at Wisconsin. Or is Wisconsin at Michigan? Wisconsin is the home team on Saturday. Yeah, they are. Wisconsin, one and two, Wisconsin hosts Michigan, uh, the 14th ranked team in the country on Saturday. Now, Bob, I don't know if you've looked at this game yet, but what would you expect that line to be on that game? Michigan at Wisconsin. I'd say Michigan maybe laying four and a half, five points. Wisconsin is a two-point favorite against <laughs> the Wolverines. That line stinks. I'm glad that we didn't put this game on on the slate for our picks because looking at that line, I would have to take Wisconsin because, just like you said, I, I would expect Michigan to be favored in that game and, and to win that game, but just strictly on that line – so fishy. I'd have to take the Badgers, and they'd probably lose by 30. So just wanted to point that out. I thought it was – You have to watch it. Like, who wants to sit there and watch that game? That is, like, the worst two styles of offense you could ever imagine. Yeah, probably be a 13-10 be a game with uh, 70 carries across the board for, for the running backs. And totals at 43-and-a-half. I don't, I don't even know if it gets to 30, but – 
weird line. Just just wanted to point that out. Um, but I, if, if anybody likes excitement and, and all the things we love about college football, don't watch that game. But on that note, we'll switch it over to the NFL. Uh, we go to week four here. Bomb, your success continues uh, in the pros. Nine and six year to date. Big week last week. You went four and one. Uh, I'm sitting at eight and seven year to date. Just one game behind you. And I, I went two and three last week. Pick that goddamn Eagles game. That's that's still sitting, <laughs> still sitting terribly with me. I mean, how, how could I not have the foresight to to know that that they were going to get blasted? But whatever. We're onward and upward. Uh, not for the Eagles, but but for this podcast and for me. First game we'll take a look at here. We got five games here. Um, the Carolina Panthers are three and zero. They're off a win against the lowly Houston Texans team uh, last Thursday night. Uh, they go to Jerry World this week and take their turn at Dak and the Cowboys. Dallas is a four-point favorite at home against the Carolina Panthers. Bob, what do you got here? Yeah, McCaffrey out. They lost J.C. Horn. Uh, I think the Panthers, you know, obviously they're doing a nice job with uh, a 3-0 record so far, but it all comes crashing down this week. I'm taking the Cowboys in back-to-back weeks. It hurts, but after watching them play on Monday night, this is a team that, if not for their head coach, could really be a contender in the NFC. I think they win on Sunday and cover the four against the Panthers. Yeah, I'm on the other side, actually. Um, I look at Dallas, and they clearly weren't tested in any way, shape, or form uh, on Monday night by the Philadelphia Eagles. And you look at Carolina, McCaffrey, yeah, he's out, missing J.C. Horn, like you mentioned. But I'm a Matt Rule guy. I think uh, I think he gets the guys up, the team that plays hard. They're, they're not just going to lay down like the Eagles did on Monday night. They got some playmakers on the outside, something that the Eagles really didn't try to do at all. Uh, they got that Hubbard kid at running back. I think he can f- fill in decently enough uh, for McCaffrey for them to at least, you know, hand him the ball more than two times on Sunday. Uh, and, I, and I just think it was a complete love fest for Dallas on Monday night. Dak was back. He was crying at the national anthem. They blew out their NFC East rival and the Eagles. It was all good and well, but they're on a short week this week. Carolina's got some extra rest, extra time to prepare. I'm going to take Carolina plus the four here. The next game we got for you is a matchup between two 3-0 teams in the NFC West. The Arizona Cardinals go to L.A. and SoFi Stadium to take on the Los Angeles Rams, who are off of a huge win against Tom Brady and the Bucks. Rams are a four-point favorite. I think this line opened at seven. It's down to four. Uh, over under 55. Probably see see a bit of a shootout here. Bob, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, obviously two prolific offenses. Kingsbury, McVay, Murray, and, um, and uh, Stafford. They're going to put up some points. That line movement tells me all you need to know. I'm taking the Cardinals outright. Outright. You're a lot more ballsy than me in, in terms of, of outrights, but I'm all Yeah, keep in mind, the record is still strong in spite of these outrights. Um, 
we're, we're hitting a few of them. So, but I, I just think the Rams, that was their Super Bowl, you know, yesterday to beat the, uh, or yesterday, last week to beat the, uh, the Bucks. You could tell they were really hamming it up on the sidelines. The stars are going to be out this week. And I think the Cardinals come to town and just get the job done. I completely agree here. Huge win, like we said, for, for LA last week. Um, you know, taking it to Tom Brady and, and Tampa Bay. But I, I see a letdown spot here. And Arizona's playing good ball. They have a great offense. And they don't they don't really rely much on the run. Uh, Kyler Murray, I mean, gets it done with his feet, but really gets it done through the air. They got a lot of weapons, Hopkins, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore. Um, so a lot of options there, a lot of guys to cover for the Rams. I think this defense is going to be tested uh, a, a little bit in a way that they haven't been uh, recently. And I feel like in the NFC West, these teams always beat up on each other. Like whether whether they're all good, whether they're all bad, I feel like you know no team really dominates that divisional schedule. Um, so, so I see I see a tight game here. I'm not going to go outright, but I'm, I'm going to stick with the cards and ride with you here, Bob. I got Arizona plus four. We'll move to another game in the 4 o'clock, 405-425 slate. Uh, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens sitting at 2-1 and one off of the win against Detroit on the NFL record 67-yard field goal by Justin Tucker uh, that absolutely ripped the hearts out of the Detroit faithful. Um, Baltimore goes to Denver to take on the undefeated 3-0 Broncos. Interesting game here. I, I, I don't know too much about Denver, like not too much to feel good about, but but they're 3-0, and and they're a one-point favorite in this game. Over-under sits at 45. I'll give my pick first on this one. I'm going to go with Denver. I just look at Baltimore. They struggled on the road at Detroit last week. They're on the road again. Second week in a row on the road, always a tough spot uh, for, for teams in that situation. And they've, they've been exposed a little bit through the air uh, on defense, Baltimore that is. And despite K.J. Hamler being out uh, and Jerry Judy being out, Denver still has Cortland Sutton and Noah Fan, and, and that guy Patrick is is a pretty reliable receiver. Uh, they got Melvin Gordon at running back still, and uh, Javante Williams, rookie running back. So they got some options there. They have good balance on offense, and Denver's got a really strong defense, and and I think they make it tough. I think Denver's a tough place to play in general. Um, so I think they make it tough on Lamar on Sunday. I'm going to go with the Broncos minus one. Well, obviously, the big the big news last week was the uh, the kick from Tucker to win it, and it reminded me of another kick a few years ago that almost propelled, basically propelled a team to uh, to a hell of a season and ultimately a Super Bowl. I think that kick by Tucker is a uh, is a is a season defining kick, and is the kick in the ass that gets the Ravens going here. Uh, I like Baltimore. I like Baltimore in a route. I think Denver's fraudulent. Uh, they beat the Giants at New York. They beat Jacksonville on the road, and they shut up the Jets at home. Three stalwarts in the NFL. A kid, of course. Uh, whereas Baltimore, I mean, that game last week, it shouldn't even have come down to a field goal. Hollywood Brown dropped about three passes that would have gone for seven. So 
I like I like the Ravens. I like them big. I, I'd say if you can hammer this game, um, I, I I think it's actually a blowout. Any alternate line selection? Have you locked locked that in? Yeah, I mean, you know, I haven't looked at it. I'd consider I'd consider running the the uh, running the line up to seven if you can get an alternate line and say, you know, I think the Ravens win by maybe two touchdowns. All right. So seven, you look up to maybe 13 and a half, 14. Yeah, this, this will be Denver's first big test. Um, we got, we got a, a couple three and O teams in, in the NFL right now that, that are a little bit suspect, uh, Carolina, Denver, uh, the Raiders, but you know, it all, it all shakes out across the 17 game schedule. So we'll find out more about these teams as the season goes on. But a big one on Sunday night. Tom Brady makes his return to Foxborough. Take on his old coach, Bill Belichick, and his old team, the New England Patriots. Tampa Bay Bucks go to Foxborough. Sunday night football, Tampa Bay 2-1. Uh, off the tough loss to the Rams. Uh, team's a bit beat up. And then you got the Patriots sitting at 1-2. and two. Certainly have, have underperformed so far this year, at least at least in my eyes. I thought the Patriots were, were in for a nice year uh, with, with the revamped defense and a steady signal caller, at least in Mac Jones, getting rid of Cam Newton. Um, but Damian Harris fumbled that ball against Miami where they should have had that game, and, and then they got it taken to them last week by the Saints. So not a great start for New England, but I'm sure Belichick will uh, – We'll get the boys up for, for Brady's return in, in a battle of, of egos there. Tampa Bay is a six-and-a-half-point favorite, and the over-under sitting at 49. Bob, what do you think happens in the GOATs return to Foxborough? Well, we just watched him go fly out to L.A. and, and uh, lose that game big. You know, and, and obviously, like you mentioned, right, the Patriots, they, they looked really bad last week. So the default – the default thought here is, well, there's no way Brady loses two in a row. Um, the Patriots appear to stink, take the Bucks, but I actually think the Patriots keep it, in, you know, inside the number. So I'm taking the points. Uh, they're at home, Sunday Night Football. I think, you know, it'll be a really cool moment, obviously for Brady and the fans. But once that whistle blows, I think the fans will be raucous, trying to get behind their their, uh, you know, Tom Brady light so to speak, and Mac Jones. And uh, I think they find a way to keep it close and inside the numbers. I'm taking the Patriots. Yeah, I just can't imagine a situation where Tom Brady and, you know, his Bucks teammates aren't absolutely juiced up for this game. I, I completely agree that Foxborough is going to be fired up and they'll have, a, they'll have a cool thing before the game and then once the ball's kicked, it's going to be it's going to be a crazy environment. It should be a lot of fun to watch. Um, but I don't know how many teammates in New England of Brady's are left, and like, do they do they really care that much? I mean, everybody wants to beat Brady, um, so so I guess that there will be a little extra juice there. But Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay last year and and took that team from mediocrity to the top in one season. Um, and, you know, earn, earn the respect of, of all those guys down there. And especially off of a loss, I think uh, the Bucks are going to really get up for this game. And especially Brady, 
he's going to show show everybody in Foxborough what they've been missing and lay, lay it on a Pats team that that has just not been very impressive thus far in the early season. So so I got Tampa Bay. I got Tampa Bay big covering this this six and a half number. Last and probably least, we have to pick the Eagles game. I'm not enthused. We don't have to give analysis, but this is Fade the Shade, so we will give analysis. Andy Reid and the Chiefs come to Lincoln Financial Field on Sunday at 1 o'clock to take on the battered, beaten, and bruised Eagles. Uh, both teams sitting at 1-2. and two. Kansas City is a seven-point favorite on the road here. Total is sitting at 54 I mean, is there anything really to say other than to bet the Chiefs, Bob? Well, I mean, it depends. It depends how you look at it, right? I mean, this Eagles team is now coming home. The Chiefs haven't looked good. You get a bounce back game. Uh, you know, does Sirianni get it get it corrected? You know, do you catch the Chiefs? Uh, not that they've looked great this year. Do you catch them on the road? Um, you know, Reed was in the hospital. I mean, I, I, what are you leaning here? I think that Andy and the Chiefs will be placing their cheesesteak orders in the locker room from the link at halftime. Uh, I got Kansas City. There's there's just no shot in hell that, that I'm picking the Eagles here. We saw a poor offensive game plan in week two. We saw a poor offensive game plan in week three uh, from, from Coach Sirianni. And the, the offensive line is completely destroyed, basically. The defense was completely exposed and, and beaten down on Monday night. But it is a week-to-week league, so nothing would surprise me. But there's just no shot in hell that I would put money on the Eagles right now. And the Chiefs have not performed very well. They're 1-2. They're 0-3 against the spread. I mean, it's got to give at some point. And what better remedy for a shit start to the year than to come play the Philadelphia Eagles? So I'm going to take Kansas City here. Just obviously way too much firepower. I mean, they they gushed over the Cowboys in that offense last week. And what they did to the Eagles, I mean, Mahomes and Hill, Kelsey. I mean, that's a better, much better offense than Dallas. And uh, it, it's going to get ugly down there at the link on Sunday. You know, I, I honestly wouldn't want to be down there. Beer cans will be flying, fist of cuffs. A lot of long faces, man. It, it, I think it's going to be real ugly down there. Hopefully the weather's good, so at least, you know, the vitamin D will make the people at least feel a little bit good. Yeah, I mean, my warning goes out to Jackson Mahomes. Don't even think about doing a TikTok down there because, it, like, like G said, it's going to get pretty ugly. All you need to know about this game, you know, you you hit the nail on the head. The Eagles, pathetic last week, offensively, defensively, just so bad. Uh, injuries, et cetera, et cetera. All you need to know when picking this game, though, it comes down to one thing. Andy Reid left the stadium on Sunday in an ambulance, and he couldn't get out of that hospital soon enough to come beat the living shit out of the Eagles. Take the Chiefs, lay the points. They win big. This game will be over probably by the third quarter, and the stadium will be empty. It'll be one of those sad, sun-draped shots that they have of, 
You know, the Eagles playing an AFC team at home, the beautiful fall sun hitting a half-empty stadium in the third or fourth quarter. So take the Chiefs. I can see it now. I can already see it. We've seen it so many times before. You know, unless unless some, something miraculous happens, it's it's going to be a sad day on Sunday down there. But I'm surprised. You know, Bob and I, we, we, we text back and forth to, to lock in the slate uh, for the week. And I was shocked to see this week when I asked Bob what NFL games he, he wanted to pick. No Indianapolis Colts this week, Bob. Are, are, you, are you just – is it not even worth your breath or your cash at this point? Or, I mean, you, you've been making cash, Brent, against the Colts. So what went into that? Well, you know, what, 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 do you really want me to give analysis for Colts-Dolphins? I mean, it's the Eagles – it's basically the Eagles draft pick toilet bowl. You know, I'll pick it. Uh, since we're here, we're on, we're already talking about it. I mean, the Colts let the wrong quarterback go, right? Rivers, Brissett. Uh, he's now uh, Brissett's now in in Miami. They're playing the Colts. I don't even know the line. I don't even see the line. Do you have a line? What's the line? I believe the line is uh, Miami minus two. Let me double check for you. What does that tell you? I mean, both teams kind of stink, so I think it's it's kind of a toss up, honestly, but. I gave my bonus pick for Thursday Night Football, so I'll let this be your, your bonus pick. My you bonus have, pick, floor here. take the Dolphins, take the Dolphins, take the Dolphins. Thank me next week. Take the Dolphins, take the Dolphins, take the Dolphins. Take the Dolphins. If you He's remember be- nothing else from today's episode, take the fucking Dolphins. When is the last time you had a playoff team be an underdog? In the first four weeks of the season, they're 0-3, and they, they weren't favored in any game. They were a playoff team last year. He's betting against the Colts until it does them dirty. And I, I can't blame you. They're, they're, they're off to a terrible start. And You know, and, that, and let me tell you something. Like, I don't want to get into this. I wasn't even prepared to talk about this. That, that number two, the things that he said during the presser after the game, if, if he said that in Midnight Green, I would be driving across the bridge. I would be driving down the Blue Route, wherever you're coming from, Philly, Jersey, Bucks County, Montgomery County. Fans would be literally going down to the complex to strangle this guy. He's given praise to God for being able to play. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? He's thanking. I mean, I get it. You know, you got the sore ankles, this and that. I get it. But you lost the game. You stink. There's nothing to be thankful for. You lost. Figure it out, dude. It's not all about you. Yeah, you would think he came back from 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 uh, Germany in, in World War II or something. The way he talks about getting through these these games on a <laughs> bum ankle. It's He's just a, a a weirdo. So you mentioned to me the pads are gone. The 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 thigh pads are gone. The A O one thigh pads are gone, but that hasn't solved any of the issues for for Wentz or for for Indianapolis in this in this young season. Well, the only thing I gotta say is, like Carson, when the Dolphins when the Dolphins win, and you cash your ticket, look up to the heavens above. Thank our Lord and Savior, okay, for betting against Carson Wentz, a.k.a. Ginger Judas. 
That's all I got to say on that. It's been a moneymaker this year so far, and hopefully our selections this week will, will be moneymakers for us. As always, looking forward to another weekend of football. We're in the dog days of the seasons now, so it's, uh, it's good stuff. I think that's all we got. We'll, uh, we'll be back probably Monday morning. Little Sunday record and, and re- recap the weekend, and we'll, we'll we'll be back on Monday. But hopefully everybody enjoys their Friday, enjoys their weekend, stay safe out there. Well, before the f- before we log off, I want a bonus. I need a bonus a bonus pick from you. I gave my bonus pick on the last episode. No, 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 different sport. What do you got? Who finishes? Who finishes first out of the two bozos on this pod? Bomber G at the end of the Marvin Cup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exciting weekend ahead for us. Little two man team event at Lulu Country Club known as the Carvin Cup. I'm paired up with a friend of mine. Bomb, you're paired up with a friend of yours. And uh, we put in the request this week to, to play the first round on Saturday together. So we'll be teeing it up at 830. Um, going head-to-head in the Carvin' Cup. And I don't know what to expect. I haven't been playing. Coming off of IR, we're going to gut it out. Have to do it. This is a can't-miss can't event at the Lou. Um, so really looking forward to it. Weather looks great. But I'll be there early. I'll be loose. I'll be ready to go. I'm going to be feeling good. And I know you're hitting the ball pretty well. So maybe we'll get a little side action going on Saturday while we're playing together and then we'll see who's uh we'll see who's sleeping in on Sunday and and in contention. Let's have a day. Yeah, it should be a good time. But yeah, as I was saying, everybody enjoy the weekend, enjoy the football. Go state. I can't believe I'm even saying this, but go birds and we'll talk to you next week. Take care everyone.